Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff and DW here with you tonight. Jason in studio with us. Glad that you're here with us tonight on the show. Remember, you can join us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Tonight, it's all about joy. I'm ready for Christmas. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Oh, I've been ready. I've had my tree up for like <laughs> a month and a half now. I've kind of been dreaming of a white Christmas, and uh, we've had it since like October. So it's I'm true. ready. It's true. <laughs> you ever hear the saying, always winter, but never Christmas? I have heard I that. I have heard that. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. been like sometimes. But Christmas is coming, so we don't have always winter and never Christmas. Christmas will be here. That's so right. Aslan is on the move. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas. It'll be nice to just have some time this week with family. And, and so I don't know if Christmas for you guys as you're listening to the show, I'm not sure what Christmas is like for you. I hope it's filled with joy. Tonight we're going to talk about joy a little bit more. Remember, every show you can catch on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio app as well. And those links are at HopeNet360.com as are our live coaches. So if tonight, if this isn't maybe a joyful time for you, I just want to encourage you and remind you that there are live coaches waiting to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. But guys, this is the time of year when we're, we're focused on, you know, we sing the song Joy to the World. And I don't know about you, I love Christmas songs, but sometimes it doesn't always seem like this time is filled with joy. No, you know what? It's interesting. I was just thinking about how many people this time of year become totally possessed with themselves and building up the idea that they are getting something from somebody somehow. Mm. In fact, I read somewhere, and I forget the research area that, that it was coming from or who, who, who did the research, but people actually during Christmas now are spending more money on themselves That's than crazy. they are giving gifts to others. So that's interesting. So what what is it that brings joy? I mean, is 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 it anticipation? I mean, do you sit there and think, oh boy, this is going to be wonderful, and then is there great depression that happens right afterwards? You know, the high and the low kind of thing. I think with this season too, kind of with what you're going, if if people don't get what they want, then it's like the whole reason for the season is gone, right? You know, and they they miss the picture, and so that's why even I think people have turned to just getting themselves what they want, so that they have that instant gratification because they can't trust to get that from elsewhere. But, but what, that fails yeah. in itself, too. Yeah, but what if what if really God made us to be givers, mm. and that's where the joy comes from? What, what if that's really the way it is? I mean, when I looked at my mom years ago, my mom was genuinely joyful. Mm. And, you know, one of the things was that she so worked at giving gifts to her children and to her husband. Uh, she wasn't a very good hider of things, but uh, she, she would get things all year round and hide them in the closet. And I knew that it, where it was, so I knew everything that was in there. But it, it, was, it was really interesting how she would be thinking of her children and her husband all year long. And she'd be looking forward to Christmas, not because of what she got ever, but because of what she gave. Yeah. And, and she's so delighted in the fact that we were delighted. I mean, I, I still think that was one of the greatest examples I've ever seen in life of true joy. And it wasn't, you know, I give her stuff that she didn't need at all and didn't want, you know, as a kid. And, and she didn't care because it wasn't about that. It was really about giving. Um, I, I'm so thankful I had that example. And, and really, through the years, I've been on both ends of that thing. I've been where I've thought, yeah, you know, Christmas is coming. I'm a kid. And I remember I used to take out the, the, J, the uh, Sears catalog mm-hmm. or the JCPenney catalog or whatever one came out. And they came out right before Christmas with the big toy section in yeah. it. Oh, man, that was like gold. I would just flip through that baby and look at things. And, uh, you know, you couldn't have most of them, but what am I doing? I'm thinking of me in the yeah. whole time. Like, I want all of these things. And then you get them, and, and you weren't happy anyway about a week later. Right. I was going to say, or a month later, whatever you got, you're already tired of, you know, and you totally forget it, and it's on to the next thing. So there's no, nothing that's lasting about it. Mm. Yeah. You know, but when you give, it totally changes because the fact that you gave, it has more lasting effect, you know, and you find more 
and here's the hot word for the joy in it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key. You know, and even Scripture talks about that. You know, it's better to give than to receive. Now, come on. It, it does say that. The Scriptures tell us that it's better to give than to receive. Yeah. Like, how many people that are listening actually believe that? I think they want to believe it, but they don't actually believe it. Yeah. You know, does God say anything that doesn't make sense or that doesn't work? No. He, no, he'll, he'll say things that are right. right I mean, he, he can't say things that, don't, that aren't right. So as he looks at the way we're wired, he says, it's better to give mm-hmm. than it is to receive. No kidding. Yeah. So, so then in our lives, are we warped because we think it's better to receive than to give? Oh, definitely. And, and is joy ever possible if that's how we're thinking? Mm. It's hard. I was talking to, well, more of an acquaintance a couple weeks ago, and I asked how his Thanksgiving was. It was kind of one of those, eh, you know, good. You know, he kind of struggled to get the good out of there. And for him, it was it was a lot of just stuff happening in the last year, being married for about 20 years. And, and he just said, you know, my, my marriage after 20 years uh, failed. So this was a difficult year for him as far as Thanksgiving goes. And uh, as you're listening to the show, you might be in that same situation where something isn't going right. And we get convinced if I just get this, it'll just make my world that much brighter. Or, you know, I'll, I'll replace some of this pain with a little bit of joy. It doesn't take away the pain, but it at least kind of masks it for a short time. And I think that's where people get this idea that a little bit of joy comes through getting something. And maybe if I just get something nice for myself. And while that could be true, I think it's joy is a much deeper thing. It's, it's different than maybe happiness or uh, passing interest. When we, when we think about joy, oftentimes we confuse it, you know, with happiness. And, and they're similar, but they're different in the same sense. You know, happy is more circumstantial, you know, based on the here and now. And I think joy is more long-term effects. Yeah. And Dave was just talking about how, you know, God has designed us to, to, to be selfless, you know. And so that's why in Scripture he says it's better to give than to receive. And I think we can even see hints of that in, in our own culture because there's stories that happen, you know, people do things and we hear about it and we can relate to it. And it's not that we, um, want like that intrinsic value ourselves, but we want it. We, we see the good in it. You know, for example, I, I saw on the news the other day, there was this police officer, um, and he would pull people over for, for minor traffic violations, you know, whether their, their license plate was covered with snow or that sort of stuff. And so he'd go up to the window and, um, kind of go through the whole rigmarole and and he asked him a question he's like well what are you hoping to get for christmas you know just kind of nonchalant talking and what the people in the car didn't realize is that information he relayed back to some people that he had in the local store <laughs> and they bought that brought it to him you know and so while he was in the car you know writing up a ticket whatever <laughs> they brought it to him and when he went back to the car he said here you go merry christmas and gave him the gift oh wow you know and i thought that was a cool story and the cool thing about it is that when we hear that it's not that we want to necessarily be the person in the car. We, we more relate to and see the, the significance of what that police officer did. Yeah. And, you, you, you can know. tell a lot about a person when, like, you tell a story about somebody in line at Starbucks paying for your coffee. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell a lot about a person who thinks, I want to do that or I want to be the guy who got paid for. Yeah. You know, and the people that say, I want to be the one that got paid for. They're not joyful, generally. Right. It's the guy that, that wants to pay for them. The, the passage we talked about earlier is in Acts chapter 20. We encourage our listeners to go read it. It's kind of interesting there because the Apostle Paul was talking about uh, people that he loved. And he was talking about uh, how, you know, he actually made tents and did things himself so that he could support himself. He didn't take money from people. And he said in the 29th verse, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish with tears, hmm. pray for you. And, and then he goes on and says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver, no one's gold apparel. You yourselves know that these things have, these hands have ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, the Apostle Paul was saying, I have a tremendous investment in you. I have paid my own way. I have done everything to stop uh, from you from giving me uh, things for myself, and I have focused on your needs. And who is the guy that writes the book of Philippians and talks about joy while he's in jail? Hmm. Paul. He understood something. He understood the importance of giving, and he did. 
And and that's what I think is the the bottom foundational thing in all of joy is the ability to really look at somebody else and say, I want to help you be all you can be. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about having perfect joy. And this time of year can be difficult to actually have joy. See, the song Joy to the World talks about where our joy comes from. But maybe tonight you're not feeling joyful. We're going to help you with that along the way. We're going to talk about some roadblocks to joy. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Perfect joy. That's the title of our show tonight. Make sure to check out hopenet360.com. We've got some show notes there for you as we go through the show. We've got some links, some videos, some stuff that we're just we're talking about on the show tonight. So check it out at hopenet360.com. Also, there are live coaches standing by. If you'd like to talk with a live coach, you can go and chat with a live coach right now about whatever's going on in your world at hopenet360.com and the tweet back. So jump on Twitter. Be a part of the conversation tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB or go to hopenet360.com slash tweet back and we'd love to share your thoughts we might even talk about them on air so love to hear from you tonight perfect joy guys joy to the world all this concept of joy is all around us at this time of year this christmas time and it still seems like we come to that point where something happens or something's been going on in our life that is has robbed us of our joy and i'm, I'm wondering in what ways have you seen joy being robbed from people again we as people are so easily swayed there are certain things that are universal for every person. And one of the most universal principles is I want everything to be about me somehow. And we think that we'll be happy if we made everything about me. But the reality is it's not about me. There is a God who created the universe and it's really about him. And as long as I'm trying to fight that, I'm going to be miserable no matter what, how I couch it or how I make it look uh, different. For example, I, th- I think there's certain signs for me as an older guy. I've watched people through the years and I've seen there are certain things that help show that I am on the wrong path. And it may not be that it's, it's captivating me in every area, but it captivates me. And I, I could ask you two guys if you find this true in your life. Let me just ask you a few things. Uh, the first sign that I have to watch is, is what I call unilateral listening. Hmm. In other words, I would listen to people, but I'm listening as I'm thinking all about me and my examples, and, and I'm, I'm thinking while they're talking, I can't wait for you to shut up because I, I got to fill you full of what I'm thinking. In other words, I'm thinking about me all the time. Mm-hmm. And in that process, so, so let's say Jay here is, is, is trying to you know, pour his heart out to me. I'm not listening to your heart. I'm not listening to you pour. I'm, I'm waiting for you to be quiet. See, that is a problem that starts to point to the fact that I'm really about me and not you. I really need to develop the idea of being a good listener. You guys, you guys ever do that? I would definitely say that there's times, you know, that that happens. You know, whether it, I, I think it's unintentional, but I think it's it's part of that that self coming out. Right. And, and when you do that, what are you saying? You're, you're pretty much saying, well, here's my experiences. My experiences are more valid than yours. Mm-hmm. My, my understanding is more valid than yours. And, and what you're doing is going through this little checklist in your head. You may not be doing it overtly, but but you are doing it. Yeah. You know, it's like your experiences in life just don't matter like mine do. Mm. Well, that's not true. And, and you may not do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. Um, someone in my position, first of all, I'm a man of many words. And, and secondly, there's a lot of experience, a lot of water that's gone under the bridge. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out, all right, do I share something here or do I be quiet? Because it really isn't about what I have experienced. It's about understanding where the person is that's talking to me and allowing them the opportunity to get into my life where I can understand them so that I can help them be the best they can be. I'm not asking them to affirm and make me the best I can be. And when I start being unilateral in my listening or my talking or anything else, I'm all about me, I am in trouble. And, you know, another thing I just saw, and it it encompasses that, it's just having everything about me. You know, have you ever seen people in the store? The other day I was standing in line at at a store, and there were two people in front of me. And things were slow. The, the lady in front of us, the, the guy in front of us is having trouble with his credit card. And, you know, something else was going on. And, I mean, I mean, there was just some factors that were piling up that were making it slow. I must have had to wait at least five minutes, you know, to check out. Mm. And, and the lady in front of me was fuming. She was fuming. Mm-hmm. And, and she didn't say anything to the checkout person. 
But she started to say things to her son like, well, we could have been out of here early if it didn't take us an hour to get through this line. That kind of stuff. Just very sarcastic, very loud. And I'm thinking, you know what? There's a guy standing in front of you that's having trouble with his credit card. There's a lady trying to help him. They're both nice. It seems like they're just doing normal stuff. Give them a break. Yeah. But this lady was saying, you know what? There should be a line here that's just for me when I go through this place so I can go through fast. And I'm sitting there going, you must be one miserable lady. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, wow, why? Because this store is not about you. Yeah. And and you want everything to be about you. When you come in the door, you want someone to meet you. When you, you can't find something, you look someone down. If they don't know where it is, you call them an idiot. I mean, it's like you want everything to be about you. There's no way. And I would like to say, you know, that I don't have that issue ever, but I do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's not like it's it's all the time, but I can guarantee when I have it, I'm miserable. I mean, I will stand in a line anywhere and someone's slowing it down. I'm going, what's wrong with you? You know, like like they have a disease. What's wrong with you? You got to straighten up. Why don't you go somewhere where, where they like long lines, especially in our area, because everyone knows everybody. <laughs> So I'm standing there in Walmart, and, and the person checking out is having a conversation about their grandkids with the, with the checkout yeah. lady. You know, I'm going, all right, already, all right, your kids are cute, everything else, yeah, let's go. You know, it's like, okay, can we make this about me yeah. a little bit here yeah. and, and forget you? Did you yeah. want them to say that you were cute? Yeah, I, I was thinking, yeah, did you, did you call me cute? No, I'm, I'm just saying. I, but the bottom line really is I, I think that's a danger sign. I don't know. You guys yeah. experience that? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to slow down at this time of year. I mean, that, that to me, it's just a symptom of the, the bigger problem. You know, we're, we're very consumer minded. We are. If you're, you know, your parent, you're going out shopping and looking for presents and, and all that. You're trying to fill what your, you know, maybe your kids, or your grandkids want. So you're trying to feed their selfish indulgence. And so this time of year, it can just be, it can be about all of us. And we're all trying to get something out of it. And we're burning the candle at many different ends. And uh, so I think people are just, they're stressed out and it, it kind of comes back to this joy thing. We're, we're losing touch with what real joy is. We're losing focus on where, where joy comes from. Can I ask you this? And we're, we're throwing this around a lot, but but what is joy? Yeah. You know, I think it's something that we throw on a lot and we sing about a lot, just like Jeff said earlier. You know, we sing it, you know, joy to the world and all this. But what what really is joy? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think what's really cool is we've defined it a little different than the word joy on the program. Yeah. We've said that everybody wants significance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's being significant. I mean, think about it. I want to walk into Menards and have my own checkout aisle. Why? I am so significant. You know, I, I, want, um, I want you to start talking about me. Why? I'm, I want to be significant. I want you to be quiet so I can talk about me. Why? Because I'm more significant. And, and, and we've talked about this before. Significance is a gift. Mm-hmm. It can't be earned. And yeah. that's why I think we're miserable because we're trying to earn it. And I think joy is also a gift. It can't be earned. It's given to you. Mm -hmm. So as long as we are trying to be joyful, we won't be. Mm. What we need to do is do the things that cause significance or cause joy. And and we can, you know, and and what we've we've started with two areas that stop us pretty much. And by the way, I want our listeners to keep the word repentance in mind. Mm. Because if I'm one who is listening to somebody so I can get them to be quiet, so I can tell them about me, because I'm trying to find significance there, or, or I want the lines of the store to be about me, I need to stop right there and say, God, forgive me for being so self-focused. I mean, that's what I need to do. Yeah. Because what I'm doing is I'm operating outside of the norm that God created me to, to operate within. And therefore, I am not joyful because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. See, the fruit of doing what's right, the fruit of loving God, the fruit of wanting others successful, the fruit of thinking, how can I? I mean, I should have been thinking while that guy was swiping his credit card. I wonder if I could help him. I wonder if you wipe it off with your thumb. I, instead, I'm thinking, come on, man, get a credit card that works. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and then he then he pulls out cash. And I'm going, are you kidding me? You could have paid cash for this in the beginning and avoided all this. You know, <laughs> you don't understand who yeah. I am. And he's gone. I don't even know you. You know, I mean, see, it's it's for me thinking if I were a little bit more significant. I'd be joyful. And, and my joy was dependent upon that checkout person going faster and getting that guy out of the store. I don't even care if you kick him out of the store. It's about me. See, now, that's an issue when I make all of those things about me. And that's when I need to say, God, forgive me. And then the joy starts to return, believe it or not. Trying to find yeah. joy, you're not going to. Yeah, and really the other, the other ones that kind of go along with it, you know, not only is it all about me, but then the rules don't apply to me. Like, this yeah. is this is just kind of the natural progression where... We feel like we're above everything else, you know, the line or 
the speed limit. I see a lot of people. It, it seems like it's every day. There's always a race to the mall on the highway for me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking, man, where where are the police officers? They're probably, you know, catching up on an accident or something because someone, you know, rear-ended somebody else in the parking lot or on the street. Or We get this idea that the rules, they just don't apply to me, that they're for somebody else. Yeah. We need to pick that up in the next segment, Jeff, because there's a few things we, we need to throw at that, but, but that's a key point. Yeah. We will do that. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. Remember, you can chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you joined us here at HopeNet Radio. Chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. And also new this week, of course, you guys know we do podcasts. This You're probably listening on the podcast right now. We have all of our podcasts available on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. And now new this week, we're on Stitcher Radio. So if you have the Stitcher Radio app, you can go and subscribe to HopeNet Radio there and listen. You can share with your friends. And it's not on just an iOS device. You can listen on Android and any other platform. And you can also catch them on your computer at HopeNet360.com. So either way, make sure you share this show with your friends because I think, guys, this time of year, as we're talking about in the show, there are many, many, many things that can steal our joy. And some things are situational. There are things that happen to us that try to rob us of our joy. And then there are some things where just personally we're, we're thinking the wrong way. We're trying to find joy in the wrong places. Or we're just thinking that by acting a certain way that we will ultimately find joy. And there are different roadblocks. We're kind of talking about some of the roadblocks here to joy. And one of the things that I brought up before was how we get this idea or maybe this mentality, and and I've seen it. It actually, it almost caused me to get into an accident recently where somebody ran through a green light, but they didn't see me coming, and they right in front of me, and I almost hit them. They didn't even see me there. It was one of those things where the rules, as they were, the rules just don't apply, that we feel like we're above them. And uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. One of the great dangers is getting any kind of authority at all, because what you do is you start looking at others and saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, but I don't because I'm in charge. No, the person in charge should be doing it even more than anybody else. And when we get to a position where we don't think the rules apply to us, we're, we're in big trouble. That, I think that's what's called flagrant legalism in disguise. Mm, yeah. Because think of it this way. There's a tax code out there. The people who drew up the tax code, why did they draw it up? It's, it's pages and pages long. It's hard to understand, but it benefits the people who drew it up. It benefits the people who have money. So I'm traveling down the road, and there's a stoplight. Somebody paid for that stoplight. The tax dollars did, but not mine because I figured out a way not to pay taxes. But I think I'm a taxpayer, even though I figured out a way not to pay taxes. And so the, the, the people who are the commoners who have to pay taxes because they haven't figured out the tax code like I have, they haven't written the tax code like I have, see, they have to pay for it. And I feel really good about it because it looks like I'm paying taxes too, but I'm not. And, and, and we work really hard at being the exception to the rule because we want to be people who are all about us. We're, we're, oh, we're yeah. constantly waiting to, you know, like speed limit is a great example. Yeah, every, these people should go to the speed limit while you go 10, 12, 15 over. Yeah, well, I got a good reason to go over. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it, what is your reason? Me. You know, I, yeah. nobody else has me in their car. So mm-hmm. it's about me. I, again, I would say there is no way for you to be joyful. If you are unilaterally listening to people, if you make everything about you, if, if, if the rules in life, even the rules you make, don't apply to you, th- there's no way for you to be okay because you're too focused on yourself. You know, you, you know another thing I see out there? Um, uh, tell me, Jason, if you ever see this. When people have concerns for you, uh, in, in either uh, you begin to think they're criticizing you rather than the concern. Right. Yeah, you almost take it as an attack against yourself as opposed to realizing that the reason that they're probably telling you in most times is because they actually care about you. Right. And, and I think mm. there's a difference, and you can tell. I mean, if somebody right. comes to you and tells you something, you, you can tell you're just trying to get in my life and control my life or, or you actually care. But, but the, the first response so many times, uh, my wife and I have laughed about this because through the years in our marriage, and we've been married since, you know, Abraham's been on, on the earth. So what we learned years ago is my first response is not my best response. Yeah. And I think that's because our first response usually is a, a defensive response. Yeah. And so I, I usually tell her, I guess I should start with my second response here, huh? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's that kind of thing. And, and she'll not say, or she'll come and say, start with your second response. What, what yeah. she's saying is your first response is really full of you. 
Mm. You know what I mean? You you are just defending what you do. And believe it or not, I just realized I, I really don't do things without a reason. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like I go out there and say, I think I'll paint the house this color because I, I don't know. I, it was just laying here and I'll do it. I mean, there's a reason for it. And really the yeah. reason I do a lot of things is just my own self-centeredness. I'm all about me. Mm-hmm. That's, it's so interesting that you say that, Dave, about how concerns become more criticisms and you know, one of the key indicators of losing joy or losing where your joy comes from, a true sign of, of lost joy is when you start hearing maybe grumblings or rumors start going. And this is kind of that time of year when things get weird for some reason. I think it's we're stressed out. And we're not thinking clearly. And then all of a sudden you, you hear someone, if you're in a leadership position, you hear someone's got, you know, maybe a beef against something, a decision that you made. Christmas programs are really big around church right now. And someone doesn't like what someone else is doing. And so you hear rumblings and they've got, you know, concerns, but they don't really go to the source. And and then we, you know, we kind of get into the state of chaos where you've got to address the rumors. And I think we've all faced it where we hear people talking, you know, and then all of a sudden it, it, it sparks a train of thought in our mind. And we start over-processing it because we, we get on the defensive. We're like, oh, how could they do such a thing? You know, because we heard third hand that something happened. And then we blow it up something bigger than it is because we're so, it's all about us. And so then finally, when mm-hmm. the situation comes to head, you realize it really wasn't as big as you thought. But because you were trying to justify your own line of thinking and where you're at and making sure that you look good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Years ago, I, rem- I, I realized that, you know, people would come to me because I'm the president of a, of a ministry and they come and say, you know, I'm really concerned. Uh, uh, and they would tell me about something somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And I would look at them and, and, and after they're done and I say, you know what? I don't think they have that in mind at all. Yeah. I think you are so full of yourself mm-hmm. that you think that everybody around here and everything they do is about you. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had you in mind at all on this. Yeah. And they're going, oh, yes, they did. I go, I don't think so. Yeah. And here you yeah. are walking around thinking, oh, they did that just to bother me. You are yeah. so full of yourself mm-hmm. that, that you can't even understand that people probably don't think about you 24-7. And, and they're probably doing actions that have nothing related to you. And yet you're making them about you. Yeah. You know, let's say that, that you decorated uh, one year for, you know, one of our buildings. And the next year, you weren't asked to decorate, but somebody else decorated. You are convinced that they got together and said, this person decorates terrible. Mm. What you don't understand is this other person came up and said, hey, I got nothing to do. Do you mind if I decorate that building? And I said, sure. You know what? It had nothing to do with you. Not not a thing (laughs) to do with you. It had to do with what happened at the moment. They were available. You made it terrible because you began to make it a criticism. Their action became a criticism of you. There are two other things that tie into this, really, that I just want to touch on. When things go wrong, like between Jay and I, when when things go wrong, or between my wife and I, or whoever you're with, you always make it the other person's fault. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. You know, if you understood more, if you under, we wouldn't have this problem. No, it's never about me. Or, or kind of related to that, my anger. Let's say I have anger issues. I go out and I try and start my car, and it doesn't start, and I've got a Ford. So now I'm kicking the car and screaming. I want to tip it over. And, and I'm going, stupid Fords. You know, I mean, I wish they'd learn how to make, you know, F-O-R-D, found on road dead. You know, I, I'm, I'm screaming and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And it has nothing to do with Ford. I left the lights on. You know what I mean? But, but see, my anger issue, I make it about Ford. My, my issue of uh, you and I not getting along, I make it about you. When somebody's doing something, I make it about me if it's not nice. See, all of those things rob me of my significance and my joy. All of those things do. And, and if I find myself in that pattern, I need to repent. I need to start saying this isn't truth. And, and really, we can't get to the positive side until we recognize the things that are blocking us from getting there. And it's this all about me and these different avenues in these, these first three segments that we've talked about that really are blocking us that we have to deal with. That is so true. And not only, you know, when things go wrong between us, but even if you've been in this situation where you're just, you're angry with someone, you know, something they did, maybe something they said, maybe it was the way that you interpreted it, or maybe it was totally taken out of context, but you're angry. You're angry with something and it's, it's not your fault. You're angry. It's someone else's fault. So they did something to you. Synonyms, bear fans. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when that, when that car pulled out in front of me and I almost hit him, I was angry. I was like, you jerk. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go in and make sure they knew that, you know, that they just cut me off or they almost, you know, cause an accident. So did you, did you chase them down? I didn't. I let it go. I say, you know, I've chased people down. That's how embarrassing that is. Right. Yeah. But I, okay. I'll admit I've done that. I followed, right, you know, right. followed him and just gave him a look. And that was about, that it. That's all I could do. 
No, it didn't. Joy. No, yeah, it didn't even, it never it didn't even satisfy my anger. <laughs> It Never didn't will. even do it, but you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't malicious, and I give them a bird or anything. It was just one of those where I just had to make sure they knew that they had made a mistake and it was their fault. Thankfully, it didn't turn out worse. You know, one of those things. Try to make it sound nice. The, like the, like I said, this time of year can be stressful for a lot of people. We get focused on the wrong things. We get focused on the gifts and the shopping, the craziness of the Christmas season that we've totally lost joy. And when we come back in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about how you can gain that joy back and have the right perspective going into Christmas this year. So keep it right here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's Hope Net Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hope Net Radio, Jeff and Dave. Thanks for joining us for the second half of Hope Net Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason, your host tonight of the conversation that saves lives. We're glad that you are here, part of the show. If you missed the first half of the show, do a couple of things. Number one, go get the podcast at the end of the show tonight. We post every single show on our website, HopeNet360.com. We're also on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio app. If you use any one of those, you can go and download the podcast. You can share them with your friends. You can share them on your Facebook, your Twitter, Tumblr, whatever you got going on. And we'd love for you to be a part of our online community that way and spread the word. Leave us a review, if you would, as well, for the show. So if that's something new to you or you've been listening on the podcast, leave a review on iTunes or TuneIn Radio or Stitcher Radio. I would love to read your thoughts, your ideas. And, and if you have any ideas for our upcoming shows, if you want to share any topics or things you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Tonight, we're talking about joy, perfect joy. And we finish out the first half of the show talking about some of the hangups. We have show notes at hopenet360.com under the radio and topics tab. And not even just pertaining to Christmas, but ways in our life that will rob us of joy. This is a time of year where we're supposed to be joyful. Dave, I'd love just to hear some of your thoughts on really what's going on. This is kind of the time of year when we lose joy, we lose track of it, and we got to figure out how we get it back. You know, I, I think first and foremost, we go back to the beginning and we, and we have to understand how we're made and why we're made and who made it. And I think we get lost, um, we get eclipsed from the beginning and it, the Bible is very clear. In the beginning, God. Hmm. You know, it's not in the beginning, Dave, in the beginning, Jason, in the, in the beginning, Jeff. The, the Bible doesn't say that. It says in the beginning, God. I think that, that I have to, in order to get away from making me the center of the universe, I need to really stop and start to see that God is actually the center of the universe. And I need to think about it because everything on television, everything on television is about me. Everything in the shopping malls are about me. Everything in life becomes about me. And I'm miserable and I can't figure out why. It's because I don't have in the beginning God. I have in the beginning Dave somehow. And even even trying to understand whether it's created or evolved or whatever else, I'm I'm putting it through my lens Mm. I'm not putting it through a different lens that I should be because there's an obvious creator. And, and so I think one of the great things that we need to correct is just that simple in the beginning, God, and, and take a moment uh, of our life on a daily basis to remind ourselves. So often uh, I say a phrase that helps me with that. I just say, you know, I'm Dave, not God. <laughs> and and that, that immediately adjusts my brain <laughs> because it's like there's a huge difference between Dave and God, huge I have never commanded the sea to be still. I have never walked on water. I've never made a universe. I've never done those things. There is a huge difference. And just that one line, and, and I would encourage our listeners, put your name in there. And, and, and every once in a while, just say, God is God and Dave is Dave, you know, whatever your name is, and, and however you want to say it. But remind yourself that in the beginning, God, not in the beginning, you. And I think that has deep consequences to how we live and whether we can even be joyful or not. Because once you say that, you begin to realize then if there was a God in the beginning and he made everything and he's got a plan and he's got a purpose, that's what I'm seeking. Hmm. Now, I'm not seeking my plans and purposes. I'm seeking his plans and purposes. You know, and what's really interesting, too, is this can be that time of year where spiritually many people are in dark places in the midst of all the busyness and the craziness. And, and yeah, we talk about being focused on ourselves, but I think sometimes what the reality is, is we're trying to just find just a sliver of light in this dark world. Things are going on that are just, they're hard to wrap our minds around. There's just kind of this, this time of darkness. And one of the things right in that very first few chapters of Genesis, you know, God speaks light into existence. He says, let there be light. Mm -hmm. And then what do we celebrate this time of year? 
we celebrate the light of the world, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth. And that God sends light into a dark place, into a dark world. You know, before Jesus came to this world, you had the prophets, that time, that window where there were prophets that were speaking and they were trying to turn people's hearts back to God. And, and God was sending messengers and the people just wouldn't listen. And then there was that time of silence, that 400 years or so of silence. And I think there's nothing more profound and nothing maybe more dark than being in that time of silence where there's no hope coming through. Once Jesus came on the scene, it was like light. I mean, you saw the Star of David. We, you know, that's kind of a symbol of Christmas. It reminds us that the light of the world came to this world to show us the way. Absolutely. And to me, that's profound because we walk through a world that's full of darkness. A lot of bad things happen. We see on the news all the time. There's such an uproar right now in places like Ferguson and New York and and even around the country where we have issues. We have things. We have troubles. We have people that are just. They're in dark places because they're so wrapped up in some of these circumstances and they're looking for joy in the wrong places and they don't even realize they're looking in the wrong places. Right. You know, I, I think that's an adjustment that we need to make. It's kind of like going to the spiritual chiropractor. We, we need to we need to really get this. We may not forget it all the time, but we need to remind ourselves, you know, in the beginning, God. But there's there's another thing there that I often say. Uh, someone will come to me and they're talking about a problem and, and they're, they're, it's ripping them the joy away from them. And I'll say, do you realize that you are a sinner and you live in a sinful world? And they'll look at me funny, but does that make sense to you, Jay, when I say that? I mean, you're a sinner living in a sinful world. So, so what's the application there, do you think? I, I, really getting at what you're saying, you know, the fact that we're a sinner living in a sinful world, you know, so it's easy to go along with the flow. It is. And, and not only that, it's, it's, it's easy to condemn other people right, right away. Right. But the truth is, Dave Wager is a sinful person. I understand mm-hmm. that. I married a lady who's sinful. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, it gets rough. Yep. Why? Because we're two sinful people. Right. And we live in a sinful world. And sin doesn't do anything good for us. Mm-hmm. It never will deliver. I'm just asking people to have a realistic attitude. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, it's not that I'm saying sin is okay. I'm not saying that. Sin destroys. We should get away from it. We should run from it. But the bottom line is let's understand the truth. The truth is that every day I go home, every day you go home to your marriage, to your family, it's not going to be bliss all the time. Why? We are sinful people. It could be my fault. It could be her fault. It could be my kids, whatever. But, but we're not going to a perfect system. Mm-hmm. We're going to an imperfect system. So if I want joy, what I have to do is understand reality. And then adjust myself to live within the imperfect system. So when I sin, the Bible makes it clear. I repent. I change. I do something different. I call it what it is. I don't try and defend it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm setting the soil for joy again. And, and so, you know, the first thing I have to do to really battle this thing is say, in the beginning, God, and understand. The second thing is, you know, I, I need to understand I'm a sinner living in a sinful world. And this has consequences. Mm-hmm. And, and adjust according to what is really said there. And so th- th- those are a couple of things that we start with. And, and I'm not sure if that makes sense to you guys, but my goodness, it, it's something that screams at me uh, often because I realize I am a sinner in a sinful world and the consequences are sometimes really not good. Well, and mm-hmm. a simpler way of putting that is a sinner is really a lawbreaker, right? someone who breaks the rules. And remember, one of the hang-ups to joy is someone that feels like they're above the rules, that they don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. And if we're, we're looking at this from a realistic perspective, it's now it's admitting that, yeah, I've broken the law. I've broken rules. Yeah. And I've done it willingly. I've done it almost pridefully. And in a lot of ways, we do. We, when we break the law, we're doing it in, in a manner of pride. It's not – we can't sugarcoat it and say, well, it wasn't for me. It was for somebody else. Now, I'm breaking the law because it benefits me. It's right. about me again. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's just admitting, yeah, I, I break the law all the time. And, and instead of breaking the rules and thinking you're above the rules, it's humbling yourself and saying, God, I'm sorry. Man, I, I messed up. I've broken your rules. I, I'm miserable because I've been living this way. I've been living as though the rules don't apply to me, and yet they do. And I'm miserable because I'm not subjecting myself to the law anymore. Yeah, and it helps you when you're just meeting with other people because you realize, you know, everyone I talk to is in the same boat, yeah. everybody. And so you're more gracious at that point. You know, it's not a surprise. It, you know, if, if I come and do something really stupid, and of course, off air, we never do anything really stupid. But <laughs> if, if, if we did, if I did, you guys could be able to roll your eyes and say, yes, Dave, you're a sinful person living in a sinful world. And you just 
showed the, you know the effects of that. And what I need to be able to do is say, yeah, that you know I should do something else. I shouldn't think that way. Whatever. Now I'm repenting. Now we're back on it. It really is uh, something that that we need to understand, and it would help us tremendously in our marriages and in our, in our relationships and and in our nation if we understood that there is sin and that there is an answer to it. And I think the next segment we need to talk about what that answer is. Yeah, I want to encourage you to maybe you've been in a point in your life where. You've realized that there are consequences for living outside of the rules, thinking you're above the rules, and now you're faced with situations where you're just not sure what the future holds, you know, whether it's legal issues or it's just struggling to get by. Maybe it's debt. I mean, this is a time of year when we rack up tons and tons and tons of debt. You know, the reality is, is when the dollars aren't in our hand and we spend the money anyway, we have, there's, there's a consequence to that. But you know what? God offers forgiveness, and you can still have joy. We're going to talk more about this. Remember, you can chat with a life coach. If any of this is difficult or it's bringing up thoughts or struggles that you've had in your past and you need to talk to somebody, right now there's a live coach waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. We'll have more here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. So glad that you guys have joined us here on the show. We're being crazy in the middle of these breaks, but hopefully you're enjoying the Christmas music this time of year. And you know what? This is the time of year when we should be joyful. And tonight we're helping you to find joy and, and help you get back to that. If maybe you've been not feeling so joyful, or maybe things have been chaotic and stressful, that joy is the last thing that you're feeling right now so jeff dw jason here in studio guys we've been talking about joy and some of the things that help repair and help bring joy back in our life we just you know we're talking about how we have to start at the beginning and the bible says in the beginning god that's the very first thing so when we recognize that god is and that he has put things in motion and that we need to be subjected to his laws. We need to be subjected not to ourselves and our own thinking, but that we actually have to consider what God says and what he has said before, that that's where we start to find joy again is subjecting ourselves back underneath God's authority. What else? What are some other ways that you guys think that help us to find joy? I really think you're starting to hit, hit it right in the head. And even as Dave has been talking about, you know, he introduced, introduced this idea of how in the beginning God and we need to shift our mindset and then even realizing reality and the fact that we're sinners living in a sinful world. And I think what summarizes the problem really good is this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles in front of you, your apps in front of you, go, to, go ahead and turn there. It's the first couple of verses, and it says this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And it says avoid such people. And I really think that summarizes what we've been talking about. It talks about how oftentimes our focus is on self and all about these possessions. And and that's that's what we need to realize. And that's what we've been talking about. And then it says, Rather, we need to be lovers of God. And I think that's the key, is that in order for us to start changing our mindset, not only do we need to realize that, you know, it's not about us, it's about God, and understanding that we are sinful, you know, foremost, first and foremost, and there's, there's a solution to that, and that is becoming a lover of who God is. Yeah. You know what? You said a mouthful there. I mean, the answer starts with, uh, obviously, in the beginning, God, and knowing that, that we've separated ourselves from God because of this sin, and so has everybody else. Yeah. See, we're all sinners. We live in a sinful, fallen world, and there's consequences to that. The third thing I think that will help people is to realize that they need to seek relationships and not arrangements. Yeah. You know, an arrangement is something where you, you make a deal with somebody. You know, you do this, I do that. In football, we used to call it, you lean on me, I lean on you, we both look good in the films. We're not, neither of us are accomplishing anything. We're just trying for the films to look okay. Yeah. And we, you, you used to, knew how to know how to do that because otherwise you'd have to work real hard. But if you knew that they were just taking films, you knew how to make each other look good. So you did that. And, and, and it, it had nothing to do with whether I cared about that person or not. It really had to do all about me. See, arrangements are all about me. Let, let's take a look at some, some arrangements. I need to do religious things so that I have the arrangement with God so they don't burn in hell someday. Hmm. That's all about me. It's all an arrangement. It doesn't work. It will never work. Um, Let's look at another one. Um, I need to get married because I need my needs met. I need to be taken care of the rest of my life and have things. Okay, that's an arrangement. 
I need you to do my dishes. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need to have a sexual partner. I need to, okay, that's an arrangement. That's, that's not a relationship. Um, I need to go to work so that you pay me a lot of money so that I do this and do that. It's an arrangement. You don't do what I tell you, what I want. I'm out of there. I will shop at Walmart because they have an aisle open for me to go through, you know, and, and it's all about me. So it's an arrangement I want with them. Now, now, what's interesting is when we change our mind frame and start to say, what if life isn't about arrangements? What if it's about relationships? What if the God that was in the beginning let me know that the sin in my life kept me from a relationship with him mm. and that he sent his son Jesus at Christmas to come down to this earth so that he could live and die so that I could be in a relationship with him? What if it's not, what if it doesn't have anything to do with an arrangement? What if God sent his son so that I could be living the way that I was meant to live rather than just staying out of hell? And, and by the way, I would stay out of hell at that point too because I'd be living life the way I was meant to live. Now my, my attitude changes. W- what if in my marriage, my marriage isn't about me, but it's about an actual relationship with my wife? What if I'm concerned about her well-being and taking care of her and sharing with her and being a part of her life? What if that's what it's about rather than just an arrangement to have? You know, I, I think that there are many people miserable in our culture because they use the name Christian or they think they're Christian or they're thinking about religion. But what they're thinking about is arrangements and they're really thinking about themselves. And what they need to understand in John chapter 3, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The interesting part about what God says is it's, it's about life. He gives us life abundantly. He wants us to have life. He wants to give us joy. He wants to make it so circumstances can't be having us go one direction than another in our feelings and emotions. He wants to do that. And and if you go back and put it in perspective, in the beginning, God, he loves me. I'm sinful. What I need to do is come to him and say, God, I agree. I am sinful. This sin is keeping me from the good things in life that you made. And I need to be able to come to you and say, I need your son so that he is the one that gives me the access to be in your family. He's the one that paid the price. And I accept that. I accept the fact that I'm sinful. I accept the fact that you love me. I accept the fact that you want me in your family. And if I really understand that now, now I'm living in a different way because I've just repented. I've said, I am living all for myself and I'm keeping you out of the loop, God, but I want to start having you in the loop and I want to be in your family. And when God becomes my father, my father then is the creator and sustainer of the universe. He's not like a father on the earth that is disappointed. He's the one that takes care of me. I can begin to trust him. And as I tell the young kids all the time, he's older than me and he's smarter than me. He loves me. I can trust him. And it changes everything about my life. Those that are listening, if if you're not in God's family, there's no way for you to experience joy this year until you get into his family. You are not made to be isolated from God. You are not made to live in a sinful world apart from him who has the answers. You are not made to ignore a God who was in the beginning. You are made to love a God who was in the beginning. And he made a way for you to love him and be in your family and be your father. And, and even now, as you understand your own sinful condition, you can come to him and say, God, thank you. I even right now understand your love and understand my sin has kept me from that. And I wanted an arrangement, a deal, but, but it's not an arrangement or a deal. It's a relationship. And I accept the fact that, that my sin has separated us and that your son makes a bridge to you. Your son died so that I could be in your family. And I want to be in your family. I trust your son, Jesus, and what he did for me. And I'm telling you, if you understand that, that is the beginning of the joyful relationship that God wants to give you. And everything in your life at that point can change in time. It won't change immediately because you still have these thoughts and we're sinners that still live in a sinful world. And and, and, and Satan is really good at just pushing us the way we're going. But I'm telling you something, that's the foundation for joy. We need to seek a relationship not an arrangement with God. And if you're too religious, you probably got an arrangement. You need that relationship. You know, the word relationship to some, maybe tonight you're hearing that word relationship and that absolutely scares you because the relationships that you've had in your life and not even dating relationships, I'm talking like mom and dad relationships, like brother and sister relationships, maybe aunt and uncle relationships, grandma and grandpa relationships. That's a painful thought to you because you've been abandoned, because you've been left out, because you've been maybe excommunicated or whatever it is. That can be a painful thing. And so when we talk about a relationship with you, sometimes that can just be a big word that there's, there's been broken trust in the past. 
And the thing about God, the thing that we have to always keep in mind about God is that God is a loving God, that he isn't looking for a way out. He's not looking for temporary blessing or temporary relationship or or circumstantial relationship. If I do this, then God. It's not about that. The Bible talks very clearly about that. And the benefit to you is that he has actually given you his word. Go ahead and read it. Read about who God is, because when you when you discover that God is rich in mercy and he is rich in love, read First John, talks about love. Read the book of John. It talks about how God is a loving God. And I might want to add that if you're disappointed in God or you're angry with him, you just don't know him yet. The relationship side demands that you get to know him. And when you know him, you will no longer be angry with him or disappointed with him. This can be a difficult concept, especially when you're talking about relationships that haven't been loving before. And I want to encourage you, maybe that's a tough subject to talk about or there, you need to unpack that a little bit more. Chat with a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. More joy things to talk about when we come back. So keep it right here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Wrapping up the show with you tonight, but not too shortly here. This is going to be one of those great shows. You're going to want to go ahead and share. This is the time of year when we're supposed to have joy. And many people, maybe you included, have not been feeling joy. I know for me, guys, it's it's been easy to lose my focus. It's been easy to lose joy this time of year, whether it's someone cutting you off at the mall or taking a parking spot on you or, you know, whatever. I mean, little things, just little things steal our joy at this time of year. And we allow it. That's the reality. We allow these things to happen. We allow things to steal our joy because we end up focusing on them because we think it's all about us because, you know, maybe we think we're above the rules. Maybe we expect other people to bring us joy. And then when they don't do it, we're disappointed. We're angry. We're frustrated. And, you know, all those things, those are all, they're all little things. We got to focus on the right things to ensure that we actually experience and have joy, not just for Christmas this year, but for every day of the year. Right, guys? We do. We've been talking about things that keep us from it, and we've been talking about some answers here the last two segments. Let me just run through a quick grocery list of things and make some comments that uh, I think would help our listeners if, if they understand these are some answers and to them to be able to live a life that's joyful. The next thing I would suggest to them, we've talked about in the beginning God and understanding that we're sinful, living in a sinful world. We've talked about the idea of being in God's family and having a relationship rather than an arrangement. I think an, another thing we need to do is invest our lives rather than spend our life. What do you mean? When you invest something, for example, if I asked you to spend your money, that's a very different question than I asked you how you invest your money. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. a different question. And and what happens a lot of times we look at what's in front of us and we just live that way and we waste talent and time and, a, and all kinds of stuff. What, what I'm thinking we need to be able to do is start saying, how can the life that God's given me, how can I use it so that it actually matters? How can I live like life matters instead of just live? And, and so I, I think that would be one of the answers. And another one, uh, we need to really seek reality and not fantasy. I'm concerned in our culture, we live so much in fantasy, so many movies, so many things that aren't true, so many things over the internet, so many Facebook things. We need to spend time face-to-face with people and living in a reality that is something that will allow us to have relationships rather than arrangements. I think if we're just doing things on the internet or we're always watching a movie with people, you know, we do realize that, that movies are pretend. They're, they're not real. And before you know it, our whole world revolves around discussions of things that aren't really real. I think we need to get back to some kind of reality. Uh, you know, uh, the next one I would I would uh, encourage our, our listeners to do is accept responsibility. Hmm. Things in life may not be the way you want them right now. We talked about one side of it that we blame others for that. I, I think that that people are truly joyful. Accept responsibility for where they're at. You know, if if you um, are out of shape, accept responsibility that possibly you eat too much or you don't exercise enough. That's your responsibility. It, it's not, well, I have a, a, you know, I don't have time because of work. Now you're making it work's responsibility or somebody else's responsibility. I think the joyful people accept responsibility and live in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think that we need to focus on the end through the lens of the process. In other words, it's easy to say, I want this to happen. You know, I could look at Jay and say, Jay, do you want um, one day to own a brand new car? And Jay said, yeah, I'd like that. Well, then focus on saving money today. See, that's the process. Hmm. So that in the end, you can have that. And, and I think we need to focus on the end, but we need to do it through the lens of process or we're going to be silly. And, and the last thing I would encourage our, our listeners to do is actually not be afraid to fail when you try things. Go ahead and try things. Try to uh, read the Bible through this year. 
you know, well, I'll never, it's a big, no, try. If, if you just read it aloud even for about seven minutes a day or so, or 12 minutes a day or something like that, you can read the whole Bible through in a year. So, so you can do this. Don't be afraid to fail. We have a lot of games in the youth club that I lead, and, and a lot of times it's like you have to carry this around. If you drop it, you got to pick it up and keep going. That's the deal. Don't be afraid to drop it. Pick it up and keep going. One day you'll not drop it anymore. So th- that would be my, my Christmas list to people, if you want to call it, uh, my encouragement. <laughs> to people to to understand the first three programs where we talked about some of the issues that keep us from joy, and then these answers in the last three segments, and if they've missed any of them, I do encourage them to go back and download them and enjoy listening to them through, because I, I think there's some real answers to help people experience joy this time of year and throughout their life. I want to unpack some of those next week on the show a little bit, too, because that's that's you said a mouthful. I mean, this whole investing life rather than spending life. Americans spend billions and billions of dollars on Christmas gifts. We spend billions and billions of dollars on Christmas gifts. And then what do we do? We have rummage sales in the spring. Why? Because we're bored. Because we're done with right. them. Because they've served yeah. their purpose for, you know, a short time. But we've spent money, but we ha- we haven't really invested it, have we? I mean, that's a that's a whole other concept in itself. I mean, we're, when we talk about all the ways that we spend our time, we spend our talents, we spend our money, our resources on frivolous things, things that will make us happy temporarily, but they don't bring lasting joy. See, we get convinced that if we just spend this much money on this gift for this person, that they're going to have joy or they're going to be happy or, you know, something. It's going to please them, right? And hopefully then you get something in return. And, and we think it's it's more about the stuff. It's more about the things. And I'm not saying stuff is bad, but we've got to ask the question, how do I invest in someone this Christmas. How do I invest in something? See, yeah, we know it's better to give than to receive. Every one of us, I think you don't have to be a Christian to understand this. It's It feels good to give of yourself. It feels good to donate to charity. It feels good to drop a couple dollars in the Salvation Army red bucket, the red kettles. It feels good to go and help somebody with groceries at Christmas time. It feels good to put stuff in stockings, right? But when does stuff really bring significance? When does it bring security in our life? I think one of the interesting things, you know, as we think about Christmas is... Yes, there's that there's a tendency to want to give gifts and that sort of stuff. But like my favorite part of Christmas, and I know this is true of other people, isn't necessarily about the gift giving or receiving. You know, like my favorite thing about Christmas is really getting together with family and hanging out. And, and you know, we have certain silly traditions that we do. And I'm sure there's other, other silly traditions that other people do. And I think that gets at the core of what we're talking about is is this focusing on investment You know, it's really more than just giving or getting. It's really making your time worthwhile. And I think a lot of that goes down to relationships and how you can be selfless towards others. And and it's those things about Christmas that that really stand out for me, especially. And and that gets at the core of really the season. You know, we shared about, you know, God's greatest gift. You know, God gave Jesus. And that's really what Christmas is about. And that's about a relationship. So rather than us trying to focus so much on the consumerism, we should just take a step back for a second and say, you know what? What, what am I thankful for? And it almost goes back to our Thanks Living series. Let's, let's focus on the things that matter, the things that don't just have an impact on today that we're going to get rid of in the springtime, but what's going to last? And maybe some of you are out there that don't have those relationships with family, you know, or maybe you're struggling with issues and, or conflict. Go to Hope.360 and, and talk with a live coach, and maybe we can help you, you know, walk through those situations so you can really enjoy the, what the heart of this season is all about. Yeah, you know, it's like Thanks Living was around Thanksgiving, but Christmas is about Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's kind of a play on words, but it really, when you put it in perspective, it's thanks living. And now let's be people who thanks giving. We, we give to people and try and make their lives what they could be. And that's what God put us on this planet for. When you do that, you actually are joyful. That's the byproduct. If you're going to seek joy, you're not going to find it. Hmm. Seek God. Seek to help others. And joy will be the byproduct. God gave us the best gift and, uh, and that's the one thing when we talk about joy, part of being joyful is being at peace. What did they sing? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That comes from like the Charlie Brown thing too. And, and some of you watch the Charlie Brown Christmas. That's the good news this time of year, that we can have peace on earth. It doesn't seem like it, but if our focus is right, if we begin to look at, at God and who he is, and that he not only spoke light into existence, but then he sent his son as the light of the world for us, that he, he would show us the way, he would show us how to find true joy and true happiness and true meaning and true purpose in life. See, we're searching for those things. And sometimes we acquire stuff thinking they bring purpose and significance and security. And they really don't. If you really want purpose this Christmas, if you really want it to be a Christmas that's filled with joy, maybe for the first time in years, I encourage you, go read from Luke and just start right at the beginning. Read this, the Christmas story 
of Jesus and, and of Mary and Joseph. And they had to get on a donkey and Mary's, you know, nine months pregnant, right? And who wants to get on a donkey and, and ride all the way from one city to another? And, and along the way, they, you know, she goes into labor and here is Jesus. He's the Christ. He's born on this day that we celebrate. It may or may not have been on December 25th. It doesn't really matter. The reality is, is that God came to this earth as a gift to us to show us the way, to show us how to live. And he wants to show you how to live. He wants to see you find real joy, real peace, real purpose, and passion in your life. Chat with a live coach if you need to anytime at HopeNet360.com. Of course, as always, you can download these shows on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, or on Stitcher Radio, or on our website, HopeNet360.com. And we're going to work on making these shows downloadable so you can go and actually download a whole package of all the shows we've ever done on HopeNet Radio. And you can give a gift of HopeNet Radio to any one of your friends, maybe your siblings, maybe even your mom or your dad who's been struggling to find purpose and meaning. So connect with us that way. Visit our website, HopeNet360.com. From all of us here on HopeNet Radio, Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys online and next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.